Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The commercial where two idiots debate weird phenomena. I'm Chris. I'm the believer. I'm Cody. I'm the skeptic. We are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. And proud members of the Podmoth Network. So, did you know there's a creature in Japan called a kappa that tries to suck a bejeweled life force? Out of your anus. Uh, I did not, and I'm not even going to try debunking that. Instead, I volunteer as tribute. Okay, so if you like your podcast a little spooky, a little mysterious, a lot gay, do we have the show for you? Just listen and subscribe to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more content, search BSPodPHX on social media or visit BSPodPHX.com. Bye! Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, you guys? Oh, Catherine. You do that shit to me all the time, so do not go pouty powderson <laughs> on me. Um, hey, what's up, you guys? Hey. <laughs> uh, how are you, Haley? I'm okay. How are you, Catherine? I'm pretty good. I'm feeling like I like held in a sneeze because I didn't get to start the podcast. Oh. That's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Today we are reading you some campfire stories. Um, we have quite a few, so I don't know um, if they're all going to make it into this episode or if they're going to be split up over this month and next month. And if you guys want to submit a story, you can always send it to our Instagram or Facebook messages. That's probably the easiest place for us to get it, and that is Saturdays are for the Ghouls. We are also on Twitter and TikTok, Saturdays for the Ghouls, and for the Ghouls on Twitter. So sit back. Wait a second. I'd like to thank everyone who uh, let us read their story or submitted their story. Mm-hmm. If I have a link to the story, they'll be in the notes. And um, thank you so much. And we, wait a second, spooky babes, you have a great week. And we will see you. Wait a second. I didn't mean that. (laughs) Next week is true crime week. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to be doing a true crime. So I'm sorry I didn't do it this month. But next month, we got the true crime for you. We got a doozy. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, (laughs) And we will see you. In your nightmares. My mother owned some stuff that was my great-grandmother's, and she's dead. This first instance is one my stepdad had a while ago that started this journey. My stepdad, who's basically my best friend, has diabetes, and he has trouble sleeping. So in the middle of the night, he goes out and grabs snacks and sits down at the table and eats it and goes back to bed. Well, one night, he got up and he saw an old lady walk from our kitchen into our laundry room. The next morning, he told all of us about it, and my stepdad's a jokester that likes to get you all worked up, so nobody believed him. That night was the start of things that occurred on our ranch that we cannot explain, and we 100% believe it's something paranormal because all of us have had our experiences. Now, my family wasn't new to the paranormal. We stayed in an old western hotel down near Durango, and we heard kids laughing in the hallway at the dead of night. 
and we opened the door to find that nobody was there. We were the only kids in the hotel. Now, I was a baby, so technically the story I'm about to tell you is my first paranormal experience. My first experience happened outside. See, my stepbrothers like to come over every once in a while, and when they do, we like to play a game called hide-and-seek in the dark. The game is simple. Me and my two stepbrothers and my sister go outside in the pitch black and play hide-and-seek. We get a flashlight, and you can go anywhere on the ranch, and if you're tagged, you're it for the first round. Well, since I was the youngest, I went first. See, my older stepbrother is prone to hide in the strangest of places. One time he hid in the dumpster. Well, I was walking over towards our barn, and there's an overhang next to the door that leads inside. I saw a black shadow standing there, and I immediately assumed it was my stepbrother. Before I get any further, let's assign everyone fake names so we don't get mixed up. Mom's mom, stepdad Zachary, oldest brother Tyrese, youngest brother Timberlake, older sister uh, Trista, younger sister Amanda. Okay, now everyone has names. We will assume this black shadow is Tyrese. So I turn off my flashlight so he doesn't see me. When I begin to approach, the shadow starts to move. You see, if you follow the barn, there's a wooden fence that connects, and the barn and the chicken coop. So when I approach the shadow, it begins to go down that way towards the chicken coop. So I follow it, and my plan was when it turned the corner, I was going to jump out and get him. So the shadow turns the corner, and I turn the corner, and nobody was there. I was looking everywhere, under the trailer, inside the chicken coop, around the chicken coop, everywhere, and there was no one. Strange. I must have lost Tyrese. Skip to the part where I find Tyrese, Timberlake, and Amanda, and they were on the other side of the ranch altogether. So when I caught them, I asked who was over by the overhang at the bar. They all start laughing. What's so funny? Timberlake says, what are you fucking blind? We were over here the whole game. Mind you that they were on the completely other side of the property. My stomach dropped. I didn't tell them what I saw because I couldn't believe what I saw. A few weeks later, Tyrese and Timberlake leave. A few nights after they left, me, Zachary, and Trista were eating dinner. Zachary says, what's over by the barn? We all proceed to stare out the back glass door. We all looked out there and there was an apparition of a man clear as day that ran into one of the stables with our Jersey cow. Now, where this stable was, was right next to where the overhang where I saw the shadow. Zachary grabs our double barrel 12 gauge and heads out to the stable. He looks from the outside of the panels and doesn't see anybody. So he climbs inside the stable and looks around. Nobody's there. He comes inside, and the first thing that he said when he walked inside was, y'all thought I was fucking crazy when I seen the old lady here. Well, now that y'all now y'all are crazy too. Cause I know what I saw, that man over there by that stable. Me and Trista look at each other and say, Holy shit, you're not crazy. I saw that, and Trista saw that. What the fuck is going on? Remember how I said my stepdad Zachary was like my best friend? Well, the night I saw the shadow, I told him what I saw. So he started connecting the dots after this incident. We saw that shadow again by the stable a month later. We believe the spirits at our house are friendly. We think some of the spirits are Native American because we think our house is on the Indian burial ground. Now, this is where shit starts to get crazy. Trista is home alone outside and hears inside the house what she describes as sledgehammers pounding on the cabinet doors. 
the volume was undescribable, she claims. At this point, we had made the paranormal thing a joke. We had kind of just accepted the fact that our house was haunted. Well, Tyrese and Timberlake had come back over again for a few weeks. One night, I'm in my room playing with model trains when my door opens. Not by a lot, but opens and then shuts. Now, I saw feet at the bottom of the door when this happened. So I thought that Tyrese had peeked his head in to come in and check on me. I opened my door and said, Tyrese, what do you need? Did you need something? Tyrese is at the sink in the kitchen with Zachary washing dishes. Huh? Do you need something? What are you talking about? I saw you come to my door. What do you need? I've been here the whole time. What are you talking about? I can tell when Tyrese is joking or not, and he was dead serious. I explained to them what happened, and they both said that they were out here the whole time. Timberlake was outside with Trista, and my mother was in the bedroom across the house. I thought that was super weird. And now this is where shit got super real. The next night, Tyrese is hungry and grabs a snack. He sits down at the table, looks up, and across from him at the table is an old lady. It startled him and he jumped out of his chair. The next morning, he told us all about the incident, and Zachary proceeded to say, I told you I'm not fucking crazy. Skip to a few days later, and Tyrese is with my mom, and they're looking through a photo album. Something catches Tyrese's eye. He tells my mom to stop flipping the pages, and he then proceeds to point at a woman who he's never seen or met in his life, and he didn't know her name. He said, that's the lady who was sitting across from me at the table. The lady who had pointed to was my deceased great-grandmother. Zachary claims that that's the woman who he saw walking from the kitchen to the laundry room. A few months later, I'm in the kitchen, home alone with Amanda, and I'm washing the dishes. I feel a tap on my shoulder, and I felt a full hand on my shoulder. I swung around, and Amanda was across the kitchen. I asked her, did you just touch me? No. Well, somebody did. Okay, sure. She didn't believe me. Now, for the past year, everything seemed to have calmed down until about three months ago. Zachary said that his cabinet door was always open, and he would shut it and get in the shower and get out, and it would be open again. One of our dogs went into the bathroom with that cabinet, and he would always look up at the ceiling. Well, I was home alone all by myself one day, and I experienced the same thing Zachary did. I was cleaning and his cabinet door was open. I closed it and came back into the bathroom and the cabinet was wide open again. It can't just swing open. If you were to open it just a tiny bit, it would close because of the hinges. It has to be open all the way to stay open. I was sitting on the couch with my dog and she's a blue healer. Suddenly, she looked down the hallway that leads to my room and keep in mind, I always keep my door shut. That way our dogs can't get in my room and chew everything up. Well, she gets up off the couch and is still looking down the hallway while walking towards it, and then stops. Still having her ears perked up, she continues to walk again and turns and looks into my room. My door was wide open, and the lights were off, and you couldn't see a thing. Well, I was behind her, and she was staring into my room with her ears perked, and she cocked her head and then began barking violently at nothing. That gave me chills. Finally, the last incident has happened recently. Zachary had gotten up for his midnight stack. I was up, so I had a snack with him, and we talked for a bit. All of a sudden, we hear footsteps at the front door, and they went into Zachary and my mom's room. Then we didn't hear them anymore until we heard a growl come from their room. We both exchanged words about what we had just heard, and agreed that we had heard them correctly. 
My mother also claims that she heard something fidgeting at the front door. I hope you enjoyed my haunted house stories. I saw an unidentified flying object thing creature in my backyard last month, and I can't find any explanation as for what it could be. I was inside our house finishing up some work, but I could see my boyfriend and our dog in the backyard through the back door window. Suddenly, I hear our dog barking. As I glance up to observe what was unnerving her, I realize it's something flying alongside the back of our 10-foot fence. Quickly, I open the back door and walk onto our patio. The creature was completely silent and looked like a straight yellow gold line that was hovering five to six feet in the air and moving in a precise straight formation. And let me tell you, this thing was fast. My dog is a greyhound mix and extremely agile, and even she couldn't keep up with it. It was a little less than a foot long and a centimeter or two thick. I couldn't tell if it was glowing or if it was just the combination of the glow from our backyard lights and its golden tone gave off this illusion. Because it was flying, and clearly much faster than my dog, it wasn't acting like it was trying to evade danger. I had the feeling that it was fairly intelligent. It was almost playing with my dog, like it was playing a game of tag. It flew back and forth four to five times in a straight line at about 20 to 30 miles per hour, I would say. My dog attempted to catch it, running as it moved to the opposite side of the fence. But once she started to catch up, it would start flying in the opposite direction without ever having to turn around. It flew in a smooth, unwavering manner, like when you point a laser at the wall and move it back and forth to get your cat's attention. Obviously, I wanted to get this on video, or at least a picture, but I wanted to get a closer look because my mind needed an explanation. As I moved closer, it quickly flew over our fence and I never saw it again. I could hear the rustling of leaves around the side of our house. After I knew it was gone, I looked at my boyfriend and his face said it all. I asked him what he saw to confirm that my mind wasn't simply playing tricks. His experience was the same as mine. We both have been looking for this thing every night since we saw it, but to no avail. We still have no idea what this unexplained creature could be. If I'm unable to come up with an explanation or even a plausible theory, Regarding what I saw that night, I think it will bother me for the rest of my life. About a year ago, I moved my family and I into a home out in the woods in Tennessee. The night here can be extremely loud. Between the crickets, the tree frogs, the cicadas, it can almost be deafening. One night, not too long after we moved in, I had forgotten something in my car, and so I headed outside to go get it. The first thing that struck me that was odd was my dog wouldn't go outside with me. My dog goes everywhere with me, but not this night. As I held open the door, she looked out and looked up at me like, nope. So I walked out and shut the door behind me. The second thing that caught me off guard was that there was not a peep. It was dead silent. Still shrugged this off and walked down the front steps, headed to my car. When I had gotten about 10 feet from my car, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I felt as though something was watching me. I looked around, but I saw nothing. After I reached in my car for what I had forgotten to grab earlier, I had this feeling like something was moving towards me. I took a step back and checked around me. All of a sudden, I heard one of the hedges next to me that lined the walkway of our front door rattle. 
At first, I thought it was a rabbit that I had spooked, as I had seen one just earlier that day, right where this was. A few seconds later, I heard the sound of a large rock, about the size of a cantaloupe, landing a few feet away from me. It hit the walkway and bounced into a shrub. I drew my gun and called out and said whoever that was is about to be shot. After a few seconds of nothing, I began to think that maybe this was some local teenagers messing with the new people. I holstered my sidearm and turned and started walking back to the front door. Almost as soon as I turned towards my house, I heard this deep panting sound. It sounded like a huge dog. What made me nope back to my front door was that it sounded like it was right behind me. I leaped up onto the porch and drew my gun again, expecting to see something right there, but there was nothing. A couple weeks later, I was on my porch at night, sitting on a bench with my wife. She got up and walked inside to get something, and soon as she shut the door, I heard the panting sound again. I couldn't see anything, yet this sounded like it was right on top of me. The sound was coming from everywhere. It was very loud. Again, I couldn't see anything, so I noped back inside my house. Now, at this point, I was questioning moving here, but after nothing else really happening, I let it go. A month or so later, it was a really rainy and stormy night. This is around 9pm. My wife and I enjoy listening to the rain and talking about how relaxing the rain is. So for us, this was a very enjoyable experience. Except for this night in particular, things took a weird turn. As we were sitting there talking about the rain and relaxing, my wife stops me and says, Did you hear that? I said, No, what did you hear? She said, I swear it sounded like a small child calling out for help in the woods beside our house. I said, No, I didn't hear anything. A few moments of us listening intently, and she said, There it is again. I said, I didn't hear a thing, sweetie. Are you sure you're not hearing things? She looked at me, offended that I didn't hear anything, and said, No, I am positive. How could you not hear that? It's our son. I think he's out there, and I think he got lost. I said, No, he's in the house sleeping on the couch. We then both looked through the blinds that were open right behind us, and we could see all of our children laying there. She said, That's so weird. It sounds just like our son. I said, Well, it isn't. It's him right there. Besides, I don't hear anything. She stands up and says, Wow. He's really crying for help. I need to go look for him. Now at this point, if you knew my wife, you would know she is absolutely creeped out by the woods. Wouldn't be caught dead walking into them during the daylight, much less at night, during a storm. I grabbed her hand and said, I've been listening intently and there's absolutely nobody calling for help. You need to stay here. At this point, I'm getting worried about her and she was acting completely out of character. Not to mention that at this time, she's eight months pregnant with our daughter. She says, what if there's some child out there lost in the woods? I said, well, first off, I'd be able to hear them too. Secondly, there are no kids for miles, and the odds of them being lost, being lost 100 feet from our house that's lit up like a Christmas tree is unlikely. She then says, I know, but what if it's a kid? Before I could say anything else, she stands up and starts walking towards the stairs. I jumped up and grabbed her hand again and said, no, you're not getting the house. I don't know what's going on, but I need you to go inside. She then complies, and we both go inside, and I didn't know what this was, but it freaked me out. A few months after this, just as it was getting dark outside, I heard the front door of our house open. I got up to investigate. We have autistic six-year-old twins, 
and we have a door set up so they can't open it without us there. So to hear this sound, it could only be my wife. What was weird was the fact that she doesn't go outside without saying something to me. I walked out to the front and I saw my wife walking down the private road towards the drive on the side of our house. I asked her what she's doing. She says she was sitting in the back patio and kept hearing a baby crying in the woods. I said, seriously, you just decided to walk off into the woods to investigate? She then looks out into the woods and says, see, there it is again. Again, I can't hear anything, but what I did notice is that it was completely silent out again. I told her, just like before, the chances of a baby being out in the woods outside of our house is slim, and that she needed to go back inside the house. She said, well, what if someone left a baby out there? I said, well, if that were true, I would hear it too. Now, at this point, I was really starting to worry about my wife's mental health. I actually asked her to see a psychiatrist, and she did. Now, looking back, I feel really bad about this, knowing what I know now. A key to this moment is that my wife had just given birth to a baby girl a month before. A few days after this, we were out on the front porch. It was early evening, and I had just mowed the lawn. Our three-year-old son was riding around in his little car in front of the house. Now he knows he's not allowed outside of a certain area that we've mapped off, but he loves playing outside. But with the road behind 50 feet from our front porch, we have to be careful as a lot of boaters will fly through after a day of drinking on their boats. As we were talking, we were both keeping an eye on him and a neighbor drives by and stops to say hi for a second. This This interaction took approximately eight seconds. I looked over where our son was and he was gone. I called out his name and ran over to the side of the house where I could hear his car on our side drive. I scolded him for leaving the area. He said something in his three-year-old gibberish and pointed to the woods behind our house. I said he had five seconds to get back up to the front of the house or else. He admittedly pointed back in the direction of the woods and tried telling me something. I looked off in the direction of the woods and I assumed he had seen a deer or a squirrel or something and I wanted to see it close up. I walked him back to the front of the house and he cried the whole way there. He got really upset that I wouldn't let him go into the woods. I just wrote this off as him being curious as most three-year-old boys are. Now this instance isn't isolated as our twins have done similar things uh, but nothing quite as extreme as this. There have been nights where we had laid down for the night and heard a loud bang on the side of our house on the wall behind our bed. It was so loud I jumped up to look outside the window. Our floodlight had come on, but I could see nothing. Now the weird part about this was that our bedroom sits about 12 feet from ground level. I put on my slippers and grabbed one of my 12 gauge shotguns and walked outside to investigate. It was dead silent again. The floodlight that's on the side of the house had clicked off at this point, so I walked over to the end of the deck and shined my light around the yard. There was nothing. I walked around the house and shined my light around intently. As I approached the back side of my house, the hairs on my back of my neck stood up. I felt like someone was watching me. I shined the light in the trees, but again, nothing. I rounded the corner, and the first thing I noticed was that my three dogs that were in their area weren't making a peep. Now our dogs have no filter and will bark at anyone and everyone, and this includes me. So to see them all hiding with their tails between their legs and not making a peep really had me worried. As I kept walking, all of a sudden, the crickets and frogs started making sounds again, as if someone had clicked on a switch. I walked back into the house and told my wife I hadn't seen anything. She shrugged and said, okay, as long as our dogs were okay. Due to the circumstances that night, I decided to let the dogs in and sleep with us. 
This very same thing has happened on all four of our exterior walls. It's random and annoying, but just like this instance, there's nothing going on outside. There have also been lots of times where we were sitting in the house as we watched a movie. My wife walked over to me and said, did you call me? I said no, and she swears she heard me call her name in her ear. She said that it was definitely my voice, but she didn't understand because it was so close, and I was a good 20 feet away from her in my recliner. The important part of this was that she was sitting at the table, doing something, and the slider to the back door was open behind her. Now our back patio sits about 20 feet off the ground, and it's like a balcony, but it has no stair access outside. I think that the previous owner built it for barbecuing. There have been several instances where she would say that she heard someone whisper in her ear, but she couldn't make out the sound. Again, I kept thinking she was going crazy. The last thing I want to mention before we get to what happened is that I have a shooting range built behind my workshop on the opposite side of our property next to the main road. It's kind of on a downslope, but it works perfectly for what I need it for. The range itself cut into the woods about 100 yards or so. When you're downrange, you have the woods surrounding you on all sides, except back up to my shop. I have to say it always felt creepy when I'm dealing with my targets or mowing when you are down there. It feels like you're miles from anyone. One day, around 5 in the evening, I was sighting a new rifle scope. I heard something big go off to the side of me. It sounded like a large branch had snapped off of a tree. Now, if you've been in Tennessee woods, you know that a lot of branches fall off trees randomly out of nowhere, so this is nothing new. Except this time it was very loud. I turned and looked, but I didn't see anything. I started walking back up with my rifle. I swear I heard someone right behind me. I turned around and again saw nothing. As I started walking again, I heard a deep growl. It was really deep and loud, but what was worse was that it was all around me. I turned around facing the range and started walking backwards. I thought of some rabid dog charging from the bushes and that had me really freaked out. So running wasn't a good idea. I slowly walked backwards up the hill with my rifle. Nothing happened. I grabbed my rifle, sprayed the target with the rapid fire, hoping it would scare off whatever was stalking me. I left 10 rounds of the mag and I grabbed my rifle bag and quickly walked back to the house. I never told my wife about this as I didn't want to freak her out. Fast forward about a year later from when we moved in. My niece is staying with us as a live-in nanny to earn some money over summer break before college. We were on our way back from the store about a mile from our house and I saw two eyes reflecting in the headlights coming from the wide tree on the side of the road just ahead. It had caught my attention because they were higher than a deer but a different color and a different size. Just as I had said, what was that? And squinted, they vanished. I had made a comment that was almost as if I had known I could see its eyes. The color was golden green, but they resembled the mannerisms of a large cat and they felt ominous. It was hard to explain, but I shrugged it off as we were passing the tree and saw nothing. A few moments later, we arrived at the house. We were getting the bags out of the car. My three-year-old son came bolting out of the house, excited to see me. As I was waiting to help her carry in her bags, I heard my dog growl. I looked in her direction and she was looking at my neighbor's property across the street. Now what I saw has kept me up all night. Up until this point, I've always been skeptical that I had never seen anything with my own two eyes. Even with what had happened to me the year prior, I still had my doubts that my mind was just playing tricks on me. Now my street is a kind of spread out neighborhood. Each house sits on several acres and the end of our road is Kentucky Lake. My neighbor's house sits adjacent to my house, about an acre lot. Directly in front of my house is a wall of woods. Directly behind my house is several thousand, 
several thousand acres of untouched forest. As I was looking across the street to my neighbor's property, I saw a large dark figure between the trees at first. The movement caught me off guard as it looked like something big moving quickly on all fours. When it came out into a clearer view, it stood up and walked like a man. At first, I didn't know what to make of it. It was very tall, but what was strange about it was the distance it was covering. In fact, when it was in front of the shed, I swear I could see through it. It was walking quickly and moving faster than any person could sprint. More importantly, there was no sound, like it was phasing in and out of reality as it moved. I said, what the hell is that? And I realized it was looking directly at us. It moved at an angle away from us to minimize its time out in the open and moving quickly as it could while still being silent. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up as I realized whatever it was was stalking us. I told my niece to get in the house now. I grabbed my son and booked it inside and grabbed my gun and came back outside to see my niece still grabbing stuff out of her car. Knowing I firmly and clearly told her to get in the house and disregard to my command annoyed me, but I still watched over her without saying a word. As she was slowly walking, she turned towards the woods across the street from my house and suddenly bolted for the house. She ran up the steps in a panic state. I asked her what she saw, and her face was pale as a ghost. She said, I heard something big in the woods walking loudly on the leaves, and when I turned towards it, I heard a deep guttural growl. I asked her why she hadn't come in when I told her. She thought that I was talking to my son. I told her what I had seen, and she wanted to get a closer look to see if she could see something. I told her that was not a good idea, and she went anyway. As she was walking down the driveway, I heard the sound of dry leaves crunching in the woods across the street. I told her to stop and to come take a flashlight. Now at this point, she's about six feet away from my wife's SUV. As she turned and started walking back to me, I caught a glimpse of something gray and hairy, bolt from behind the SUV back across the street into the woods. My porch is a raised porch, and our SUV is about 6.5 feet tall. Whatever this was cleared about 45 feet in what looked like a single jump. It moved like lightning. Whatever it was wanted my niece. It jumped behind the car and out of the line of sight, and it was waiting for her. She still doubted my warnings and grabbed the flashlight and walked back towards the car. As she entered the driveway, she stopped dead in her tracks and leaned forward as if she could see something. I asked her what she saw. She turned and ran back up on the porch with a terrified look on her face, saying, nope, 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 over again. She said it was a figure hiding inside of a tree that she saw its eyes. I asked her what they looked like. All she could say is that they looked dull and red at first, but when she got closer, they looked dead. I said, what do you mean dead? She said, where the pupils were looked gray, like the way eyes look when they go blind. She said it was really dark and gray, and she swears she could see through it, almost like a dark cloud. She wanted to go out again and took a step down the stairs. As she did, it revealed itself from the tree. I said, get inside, and I went in and locked all the doors. It looked like a really tall, human-shaped being. It was really tall and looked ominous as hell. The next morning, we did a height comparison to the tree limb that we saw it stand over. It puts the height around 9 feet tall, and its eyes were about 6 inches apart. At this point, I don't know what this thing was, and after doing some research, I think it was a Glimmerman slash Crawler. I looked to see if there had been any other sightings in Benton County, but nothing. More importantly, I swear it would phase in and out, almost like the shadow of a person, but bigger and more ominous.
Originally, I thought this was Bigfoot, but after doing a bunch of research, I believe it belongs here. One of the things that makes this fit is that it can communicate telepathically. This explains why everyone else could hear something that nobody else could hear. Secondly, it has a playback-like communication. So if it heard a dog panting, it was probably one of my dogs that it heard. My wife was actually hearing our son crying for help as he had recently fell and cried for help. And the baby crying would be our newborn baby who she had just, who she had just given birth to recently. It must, it must have heard me calling my wife's name and kept it telepathically calling my wife's name with my voice. Another thing is, is that my niece had said that was that she felt compelled to go back outside to it. She said she felt like this thing was communicating with her somehow, and it wanted her to go back outside. The more I read about this thing, the more everything else that has been happening over the past year makes sense. One thing I find extra convincing is that down the road, towards the lake, there's a property that is barbed wired off, and is a wall of forest, no driveway. A lot of the property down the road is undeveloped owned land, and on one of these trees is a larger sign that says Screamer lives here, with an arrow pointing back into the woods. One of the things that this thing is said to do is make a loud scream when threatened. Now that you understand my story, I doubt this is the ending. I don't want my wife or kids to disappear one day. I feel perplexed and scared, as what can I do? When my boyfriend and I lived with his grandparents a few years ago, my boyfriend worked early mornings. He would leave the house around 4 a.m. One winter morning, while it was still pitch black out, my boyfriend kissed me goodbye and I went back to bed. A few minutes later, I heard continuous knocking at the front door. Immediately, I assumed it was him forgetting something and being half asleep. I ran up the stairs from my room to open the door, but as soon as I reached for it, his grandma called out to me from upstairs and said, Don't open the door, that's not him. I froze and was too afraid to even peek through the front door window to see who it actually was. His grandma looked outside and said it was a man that had no jacket on. He then left our doorway and went on his way through the streets. Our grandma told me she knew immediately that it wasn't my boyfriend because if it was actually him, he would have opened the door with his house key. He would not wake us this early in the morning. Not long after, a cop car cruised down our street with a light on, as if they were searching for someone. I was so terrified that I decided to sleep upstairs in the living room. Later on in the day, our grandma spoke to our neighbors and found out he was also pounding on everyone's door on the same block. One of the neighbors, a couple houses down, is a huskier, taller guy and said he talked to the stranger through the door, asking what he wants. The man said someone is looking for him, they want to shoot him, and that he needs to hide from them. I am more on the petite side, and at the time I was about 19. I can't imagine what could have happened had I opened the door for him, or if my boyfriend's grandma wasn't there. I was in juvie as a kid pretty often. I ended up doing four months out of a six-month sentence for possession with intent to distribute, and a probation violation, which was the longest I had gone to juvie. Ghost stories have been shared amongst the kids there fairly often. The detention officers would chime in time to time and tell theirs as well. Some pretty hard to buy because it's juvenile detention and there isn't much to do but tell stories, especially when talking through vents and toilets. One night, it was time for lockdown, bedtime. 
So we turned off all of our stuff and headed into our cells. This time of night, someone would usually talk to you through a vent. So we'd stay up a little bit after lockdown, unless you were tired. Sometimes we'd fuck around and even holler out the cell door saying insults to one another or egging on the detention officers uh, to come into the pod just to annoy them. This night, we thought someone was fucking around. We hear what sounds like wailing, like someone's pretending to be in pain, echoing through a cell door. And so a lot of the kids were yelling for them to shut the fuck up and banging on the doors and telling them to stop. A lot of threats were thrown around towards whoever was making that noise. Then the wailing sounded like someone was actually in pain, a guttural moaning and groaning. Sounds that you would hear from someone dying, absolutely terrifying to hear. I started to get chills down my back because it sounded unreal. Finally, the detention officers came in and turned on all the lights and started calling out for whoever it was, seeing as someone sounded like they needed medical assistance. They opened all the doors and told us to step out so they could figure out who needed help. The sounds kept going even after we had all stepped out and lined up downstairs. The sound was coming from the second level, from a cell that had no one inside of it. Two detention officers went up and opened the door, and the wailing kept going. The detention officers radioed in saying there's nobody in the cell, and they were openly talking about how creeped out they were. And then the detention officers rushed down the stairs and told another detention officer that we all needed to leave the pod. We grabbed our blankets and we moved to the pod across the hall, all while this wailing was continuing. It was something out of a horror movie. While we were waiting in the other pod for new cells to be assigned, the lights in the pod we were in had started to flicker. The look of the horror on the kids' faces and the faces of the detention officers sent goosebumps over my entire body as we were all witnessing it. One detention officer even told us that we needed to pray, so we all grabbed hands and began praying. Kids that hated each other were grabbing hands and praying. That's how wild this was. Eventually, we were all sent to our new cells and down for the night. The next morning, we were telling all the kids in the new pod about what had happened, and they were all shook. One detention officer had told us him and the other detention officer had saw a black coated figure around in the pod around midnight stopping at different cells. We never got moved back into that other pod for the rest of my time being there. I saw that they ended up making it a rec room for the blue shirts, the kids with more privileges because of good behavior. I'll never forget the night of August 14th, 2021. I was fishing the river with my friend in a suburb of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. We loved coming to this public park to fish because it was quiet and there was a nice sandbar to fish from. This park had a Sioux burial mound about a half mile from our spot. After fishing for a better part of the day, we decided to leave at dusk. In order to get back to our vehicles, we had to take a trail through the woods, which was about a five minute walk. I put a clip on light on the bill of my hat so we could see the trail. I remember when I first glanced ahead down the trail, I saw two circular white lights that I assumed were fireflies. Once we got further down the trail, we were closer to the area where I had seen the fireflies. It was then that I saw a pair of eyes that were either highly reflective from my light or glowing white. It wasn't long before I could make out a body. It was a very large white body on four legs bigger than a wolf, but unnaturally skinny. I couldn't make out any facial features because its eyes were so bright. I wanted to warn my friend, but all I could manage to say was, there's something there. 
We had no choice but to proceed because this was the only way back to our vehicles. This thing just stared us down, but didn't make a sound. My friend yelled at it to try and scare it away, but it didn't react at all. I yelled at it after she did, and it responded back, mimicking my voice. I honestly questioned myself and thought I was imagining things. So I yelled at it again, and it responded back at the same volume, same pitch, exactly like my voice. At this point, we realized this was not an animal. We both continued on the path in silence, but I maintained eye contact with the creature. I felt like this thing was ready to attack us at any moment, but it just stood there staring. Eventually, we were out of the woods and I could no longer see its eyes. We made it back to our vehicles and felt a sense of relief. I asked my friend, did you hear that talk back to me? She said she did and it sounded like my voice when it responded back to us. If she hadn't heard the voice, I would have assumed I imagined it. We went over what happened and our stories were the same except she said the creature had a wolf-like head. After our experience, my friend, who is Hamong, went to see a shaman. The shaman believed it was an evil spirit and performed a cleansing on her. She was still shaken up by the experience for several weeks. I tried to hire a spiritual advisor online, but when I described the experience and asked for a spiritual cleansing of my own, it said they were not available at this time. At the advice of one of my friends, I burned some tobacco and said a prayer that the entity would leave me alone. It took me several months to just feel normal again, but I still think about it on a weekly basis. I tried to do further research and contacted the management at the park. They said the park we went to had ancient Indian remains scattered along the river that were unmarked. They said there were more Indian remains in that park than any other parks they managed. I contacted several Native American friends and was told the entity we encountered was a skinwalker. I know skinwalkers are part of the Navajo culture, but from what I read, it checks more of the boxes more than any other supernatural being or cryptid. I'm kind of at the end of my rope with trying to figure this crap out. I live in a house, and over the course of the past month or so, strange things have been happening. Since I've noticed, things have been getting stranger. So it started close to a month ago. I kind of took note of a few things, though I didn't jump to any conclusions. These were things such as creaky noises, things like the TV being turned on when I had it off, and just random little sounds around the house. I considered this to be all explainable, which to a degree, maybe it was. Point is, it didn't bother me. My girlfriend stays in the house with me a few times a week. She's here an average about five days a week and usually spends the night at least twice. She was the one that actually got all of this stuff going through my head. She has a tendency to panic about things, but I validate her concerns best I can. While I was working late one night, she let herself in with her key and started watching the basketball game. She said that she heard noises that sounded like someone was in the house. She left shortly after. I did an inspection of the house and found no signs of forced entry that I could tell. If it was someone, then they did a good job at covering their tracks. One day, we found that my cabinets had been opened, nothing taken, nothing moved, just opened. All of them. My dresser drawers were also gone through and my closet was open. It's worth mentioning that the past few weeks, there has been an apparent issue with some people in our housing complex dealing with a stalker 
that actually got into their house once. I didn't know about this until a few days ago, but it's possible that he hit my house too. But all of her clothes that she keeps in her own drawer were untampered with, so I don't know. I'm pretty sure a perv would seize the opportunity for free panties. We had dealt with some massive, and I mean massive, changes of temperature inside the house. Like in the middle of the night, roughly between midnight and two, we would have to deal with boiling hot temperatures. We would both have to disrobe pretty much entirely. We would sweat buckets into the bed. At one point, the thermostat read 101 degrees. Then random as hell midday, the temperature would lower to about 55. We would have to put jackets on and it's freaking summer and Florida. I know the question will be asked about a mechanical malfunction. I had one of the maintenance guys who is retired AC mechanic and HVAC worker look at it. He didn't find anything wrong with it. This happened several more times, though it did decrease in frequency. One night, while her and I were in bed, we heard banging on the walls. I thought it was the front door and the banging was way too close. Like everybody that gets killed in horror movies, I investigated the sound, but couldn't find anything. I returned to bed and as soon as I'm laying down, the banging starts back up. She, very reasonably, chose to leave. I didn't blame her. I honestly thought it was somebody just screwing with us, but once again, I couldn't find any signs of forced entry. I'm also the type to lock my windows and doors. I'm just hesitant to believe that this was a person. The last night she stayed with me, we were in bed once again and we heard footsteps coming from downstairs. This time, I ran downstairs, hoping to catch someone, but once again, turned up nothing. I wanted to freaking scream. She left and refuses to come back. I woke up one morning and found my bedroom door wide open along with the bathroom door wide open and my shower was turned on. The water was on hot and my whole upstairs was like a sauna. I've been seeing these sort of phantom images in the corner of my eye. Like I can see that something is there but when I actually try to examine it, it turns out to be nothing. It appears to be in the shape of a person, female from what little of a description that I have. But the second I turned, it was like it was never really there. Two points I'd like to make before I wrap up. I did have the house tested for both mold and carbon monoxide. I'm good on both ends. Also, I did buy the most affordable cameras that I could get. I put one in the bedroom, one in the living room, and one in my spare bedroom. As much as it pains me to say this, my cameras have picked up nothing. Well, no. Actually, my bedroom camera did, believe it or not, manage to catch an image of the creep that was prowling our neighborhood. No paranormal activity. I'm going to switch them around and maybe get, a di maybe get different results but I'd say in the very least that my camera did some good. I feel like every idiot who claims paranormal activity without getting any proof. It was New Year's 2019. My family was planning on going out with my aunt's new boyfriend's family. I didn't really know any of them and past that I usually hate loud stuff like New Year's. It kind of annoys me. So I decided to stay home and chill instead because I was tired anyways. It was around 9 or 10 p.m. when they finally left and I had the whole house to myself. We have a kind of big house because I live with four other siblings. It wasn't lonely though. I very much cherished any alone time I got. So I went upstairs and started watching Friends. I watched a few episodes before getting bored, making a snack and heading back to my room downstairs. I watched YouTube on my phone for a bit before I started hearing something. My house has two floors and from downstairs even the slightest of footsteps sounds like Nagasaki. It's horribly loud even if you're trying to be quiet probably old wood because of how old this house is. 
I tried to ignore the creaking, using that old excuse that it's just the house settling. That's until it kept going. It just kept on happening again and again. A faint creak. Like footsteps of somebody trying to be quiet. Of course this unnerved me, so I decided the best thing to do was to face whatever it was. Kind of stupid in hindsight if it had been a robber. I took my metal baseball bat that I always keep in my room and slowly made my way upstairs. I hadn't heard a creak for a little, so I was hoping it was nothing. Once I got upstairs, it seemed fine. Till I noticed something. The fucking TV was on and playing the Friends episode that I had left off on. This scared the fuck out of me. Being that I would never have left the TV on, I had 100% faith that it was turned off. But here it was, fully on for no reason. I ran to the corner of the room so that nothing could sneak up behind me and held my baseball back close. This was terrifying for me, but I was still doubting myself. That's until I heard the creaking again, from downstairs. I was so done. It was around midnight at this point, so the fireworks going off weren't helping my situation. I decided to dial the police while fearing the worst. I kept the operator on the phone while checking my downstairs, and it was nothing. There wasn't anything at all downstairs or upstairs. The house was completely empty. I apologized to the operator and hung up. While on edge for the rest of the night, there wasn't any other incidents. And that's how I ended up calling the cops on a ghost.